the one with the silver stripe down its back, but there were Watson's friends as well, Farintosh, Armitage, and Hatherley. The smallest one with the bite out of its dorsal fin was Mrs. Hudson. Jessica had let Georgie name them all. When he watched them, he calmed down. That was what had happened today. She had stood beside him, not holding his hand exactly, but her fingers close to his at his side, and he had started humming. She knew then that he was happy. Happy in a way he couldn't be in the house with people too close to him. But then Mummy had spoiled it. Come along, children, time to play ball. Not today, thank you, Mummy, Jessica said politely. Her mother frowned and sat down on the bench to read her magazine, but her lips were tight and her ankles kept crossing and uncrossing. When she could stand no more, she said, It's getting late, time to go home. Georgie shook his head, his blonde curls defiant. For heaven's sake, George, his mother snapped, exasperated. Enough staring like an idiot at fish all day. You're five years old and should know better. Jessica grew nervous. She murmured to Georgie that Watson wanted to be alone now. She tried to coax her brother away, gently, one step at a time. But, as always, Mummy lost patience and seized his wrist to drag him from the railing. Don't touch him. He doesn't like to be t- Georgie had started to scream. Not like other children scream. He screamed as if he were dying, as if someone had taken an axe to him and sliced him right down the middle. Jessica thought about it now as she lay jammed against the door, clutching the blue ribbon of her nightdress. She blinked fiercely on the floor in the darkness of her room, remembering her mother's white lips. It was Georgie's scream in the park that had slithered under her door and was now writhing inside her head. The morning sun prodded her awake. She lifted her head from the hard floor and regarded the door with hostility. She scrambled to her feet, cold and shaky, and there was a greyness inside her head, like dust behind her eyes. It was without much hope that she grasped the knob and turned it. To her surprise, the door opened easily, just as the grandfather clock in the hall downstairs struck eight. For a moment she panicked, because every morning she always got to Georgie first, to wake him and persuade him to wash and dress. Before Mummy. She ran on tiptoe down the corridor to the door at the end and held her breath as she gently eased it open. She didn't know what she expected to find, but her young mind was certain it would be something bad, something chaotic, something that would hurt her for the rest of her life. But a huge smile of relief nudged the fear from her face because everything was absolutely normal. Her blue eyes grew round with pleasure as she inspected the small bedroom with its dark green curtains, its chest of drawers stacked high with books, the never-used cricket bat leaning against the wall. It was a gift from their father to push Georgie into a sport he hated. To be honest, Georgie hated all sports, without exception, but to please her father, Jessica had taught him to catch and throw a ball. It had taken infinite patience. Nothing had changed. In the narrow bed lay Georgie. He was still asleep, his face buried in his pillow, 
but his glorious golden curls shone with life and one leg was thrown out from under his quilt. Jessica noticed he was wearing his red tartan pyjamas and she felt a tiny thorn of alarm prick at her throat. She knew that last night she had put him in his favourite blue ones. Georgie adored blue. Whenever he wore blue, he was better. Jessica had tried to explain this to her mother, but she had said, what nonsense, and bought him a red coat. Red was the worst, the very worst colour. He was impossible in red. Georgie, she said softly, it's me. He murmured into the pillow. She approached the bed. With a laugh, she tugged at his quilt but was careful not to touch him. Wake up, sleepyhead. He turned to her and smiled. It wasn't Georgie. Who are you?